<clears throat> Welcome to the Corona Chronicles. Um, as you probably know by now, this is our daily walk through the book of Revelation. And, uh, but something has changed in this episode. There is one less member in the Corona Chronicles, which we're very sad about. But we're pleased that he is able to join us in another form. Uh, so Dean has uh, mysteriously turned into an owl um, by means of some kind of Harry Potter spell. And uh, we thought an owl would be appropriate for him because he is a very wise chap, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. But uh, we are now in Revelation chapter 5. Uh, so maybe you'd like to get that open in front of you. And we are going to read the first uh, eight verses together. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Actually, this is one of my favourite passages in the whole Bible. Um, it's, it's full of pathos, really, isn't it? You've got, you start off with this... Uh, uh, this throne we've come from chapter 4 and we've seen almighty God the holy 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 God the creator of the world on the throne mm. and in chapter 5 we've come a little bit closer if you like to the throne to just see exactly who, who is on the throne mm. and we see not just the creator God but actually we're going to see a redeemer God mm. but it start it starts with this scroll mm. and I think the thing to notice is uh, it's written on both sides. That there's no space, no margin. For, that no one, the devil can't write anymore. An angel can't write anymore. Humans can't write anymore. Because mm. this scroll <clears throat> is the very plan of God, mm. and it's completely written. Mm. God has written out His purposes mm. and His plan, and no one can add or take away from that. Yeah, and I think it's something we learn about God uh, all throughout the Bible, isn't it? That because He is the Ancient of Days. He is the eternal God. He knows the end from the beginning. And so nothing that can happen in this life <clears throat> can ever take God by surprise. Uh, as you say, it's written on both scrolls, the plan and the will of, on both sides, the plan and the will of God is, is complete. Uh, but then you've got this mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? And it's almost as if there's a silence. You know, he puts this question out to the heavenly throne room well, is it, it, it's, it's, you know. it's, it's to everywhere. Yeah, it, 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 he's shouting out again. Everything's in a loud voice in Revelation. Yeah, but he, he's shouting out to the heavens and the earth and under yes. the earth. It's yeah. like 
anywhere in the universe. Yeah, it's like when you say to a big crowd, does anyone want to volunteer for this job? <laughs> yeah. And every hand stays down. You know, yes. a question has been put to the universe, who is worthy? No one is worthy. And uh, you can see in verse 4, John is writing this and seeing this. He wept and he wept. It's a very forceful way of communicating his distress, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we've got this total plan of God which can make known what's happening and make sense of our age, but no one can look inside it and no yeah. one can open it. It's devastating in yeah. some sense. Yeah. And, and, and that is how lots of people feel. Mm. Uh, you know, what is going on in our world? Is there any explanation? Is there any grand plan? Is there any meaning? Or do we just live in the meaningless now? Uh, is there anything bigger than the now? Um, and of course, you know, uh, we've sort of lost this idea that there's a script, um, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. And uh, we have been living our life, haven't we, for the now. I must have everything now. I want everything now, because we've lost this idea of a plan. And, that, and now we've seen that the now has brought a virus that seems to be destroying people and causing isolation. There's a lot of weeping going on. Yeah, what's, what's it all about? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's interesting. We want a window into the future, don't we? So every day when we tune in for the news broadcast, uh, the scientists and the politicians can tell us a little bit about what life might be like tomorrow, but they can't disclose the whole of the future for us and tell us everything we need to know. And that's really important because without knowing the destination, it's impossible to travel correctly on the journey, isn't mm. it? Mm. You know, if I was to try to make it somewhere without my sat-nav telling me where to go or without a map to inform me which roads I need to took, I'd be confused and lost all the time. Uh, so we need to know the fullness of God's plan in order to live well in the present, don't yeah. we? Well, it's all right when the now is going good. Yeah. But suddenly, when the now is going bad, then you think there isn't. There, what is the future? There isn't a future, as you say. Yeah. So he's weeping and weeping profoundly because no one seems to be able to put into action a plan, uh, the plan of God. And then we see. I love verse five. It's sort of the tension. Then one of the elders said to me, "Do not weep. Why?" Hmm. Uh, and he's got an explanation. Mm. Do not weep. He's not just, it's not just a stoic thing. Stop weeping, grow up, get on with life. No, do not weep. See, look at this. Mm. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of mm. David, <clears throat> has triumphed and he is able to open the throne mm. of uh, the scroll and its seven, and seven seals. Mm. And as we've seen in Revelation, there's loads of Old Testament imagery, isn't there, that's constantly being picked up on. And uh, both of these terms, Lion of the tribe of Judah, Root of David, they're all, they're all about the kingship of Jesus, aren't they? Uh, so he is the one from Judah and the scepter would never depart from his hand. You know, he is the ruler, the strong ruler who has come. And he is also David's greater king. Uh, this is the strong, triumphing king. Uh, no need to weep anymore because he has put his hand up, so to speak. He yeah. can do it, and he's qualified to do it. And, and he is the plan. Mm. He is the plan. Because all of the Old Testament is all about this one that would come, yeah. the, the, the son of David and uh, the root of, uh, of Jesse, you know, who was David's father and so forth. Yeah. And uh, he, he, in fact, is not only able to open the plan, he is the plan. Is the it's plan. that sort of thing. Going yeah, on. yeah, it's great. But then you got this, and I thought this is classic revelation, isn't it? <clears throat> uh, so, hand on the shoulder, don't weep. There's this promised one who's all part of the plan himself. 
So don't weep. Uh, he's the lion. See, a lion. Mm -hmm. And then verse 6. Then I, I saw a lamb. I saw yeah. a lamb. <laughs> so either the elder is lying, yeah. or the lion is the lamb. Yeah. And of course it's symbolism, but the lion is the lamb. Yeah, and um, as well as the kind of animal imagery there, it, it's also a confusing picture of strength, isn't it? Because we've got this triumphing ruling king looking as if it had been slain. Yeah. You know, and yet actually that's the amazing thing about the Lord Jesus, isn't it? The way he conquers death and becomes king is through his sacrificial death on the cross. So as you say, he doesn't just give the plan, he is the plan. And his plan for his ruling is his death and resurrection. He, he's on the throne. And you get that imagery again. You've got this lamb, which is a sign of weakness in many, many ways, the sacrificial lamb, obviously. But the lamb has seven horns. Mm. <laughs> seven is the perfect number. Horns is strength. Uh, and he has seven eyes. He's all-knowing, all-seeing, you know. Uh, uh, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Mm. He knows everything that's going on mm. in the whole world. Mm. So we've got this plan of God is going to be set into action by the very one who is the plan of God, the promised one, who is a lion, but a lamb. Mm. And because of him, clearly Jesus, mm. we've got hope. We don't need to, to mm. weep. Mm. I reckon we'll leave it there and come yeah. back tomorrow. Great stuff.